0: Greetings and hello, fellow Trekkies. Welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement. So I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. And talk about another great science fiction franchise, that of course being Stargate, and actually make the argument that Stargate is one of the best Star Trek, non-Star Trek shows that you can watch. But before I get into all of that, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your pair spare boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver, and brace for impact because things are about to get nerdy. Stargate. Why am I talking about Stargate and not Star Trek? Well, the main reason I'm talking about this franchise is because of it being episode number 38. And if you're like, what the heck does 38 have to do with it? Well, in Stargate, it's basically stated that if you have an artificial wormhole, you cannot keep it open for longer than 38 minutes. there is no way that an artificial wormhole can be open for longer than 38 minutes, except for the times when it can, which apparently you'll learn later that it can if power is being sent into it. I think is how they explain it. But generally speaking, Stargates cannot be open for longer than 38 minutes because of, well, science. So I thought th- episode 38, 38 minutes. Sounds like the best time to talk about Stargate. Basically, I would say 38 is maybe the closest thing that Stargate has to 47, even though 47 in Star Trek doesn't have an explanation as to why it keeps coming up. It's just more of a gag than an actual, like, here's the physics behind why 47 is here. You know, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, basically 38 is the equivalent of 47 in the Stargate universe but the main thing I want to focus on is why I think Stargate is the best Star Trek non-Trek series if that makes any sense so a show that I would consider be the closest thing to Star Trek without actually being Star Trek and I know there's some other great sci-fi out there and I admit I do have a lot of blind spots I haven't seen any Farscape Uh, I would like to change that at some point Battlestar Galactica is so so tempting I just you know again haven't gotten around to it I have tried The Expanse, but couldn't get into it. So maybe I got to give it another go. But to be honest, right now, things are just so busy and I'm so focused on doing this podcast and learning the saxophone, which I've just picked up again, and all this other stuff that I want to do creatively that I just feel like I can't keep track or rather keep up with all of the shows I would like to be watching. So I'm not sure if I'll get to them. But I do want to be upfront and say, hey, yeah, I do have a blind spot when it comes to a lot of the really popular sci-fi. But I will say this, from what I know of those series and from what I've seen of The Expanse, while it's great sci-fi, I don't think it's like Star Trek. The main reason being that all of those shows have a mission. I don't actually know what the mission is <laughs> for The Expanse but I get the sense it's a lot more gritty. It's a lot more, I don't know what the word is, just more intense, a little bit more brooding, maybe more sophisticated. I don't want to say that Trek isn't sophisticated, but there's a level of realism. I think that is in the Expanse that I don't think you find in Star Trek. So Expanse is a very different show. I don't know what the main mission is, but when you get shows like Farscape and Battlestar Galactica, both of those shows seem to have the main mission of returning home, whereas Star Trek, even though yes, Voyager does have the mission of returning home, and that's the whole point of the series. But if if you look at star trek in the grander sense you'll know that the main mission is and it's said all the time is to explore strange new worlds and seek out unique civilizations you know that kind of thing that's what they're there they're like all right we got a ship that's really fast let's just roam the galaxy and you know see what we want to do it's basically one big road trip for people in the military or starfleet which i normally like to say it's not military but it is a military for a lack of a better word so that is the main mission of Star Trek, whereas a lot of these other shows, as I said that I've mentioned, are more mission specific. A lot of them are trying to get back to a certain place. And yes, sci-fi things do happen to them along the journey, but it's not just, hey, we're out there just to explore the universe kind of thing. That's why I don't think those science fiction shows really are an equivalent to Star Trek. They might have similarities, but I wouldn't say that they are a Star Trek-like show, where Stargate is very much like Star Trek. And and I'll give you some of the reasons why. So the first reason I want to talk about is they have the curiosity that Star Trek has. So uh, before I get too into this, I realize I should explain what Stargate is in case you aren't familiar with it and haven't seen every single episode ever. Basically, Stargate takes place in present day, takes place in the U.S., and the military uncovers a device, spoilers, called the Stargate, and before I get too far into this whole episode, I really should explain what the heck Stargate is in case you haven't seen it or aren't familiar with it, or if you haven't seen every single episode out there. Basically, Stargate takes place on Earth present day, and the military finds a device called the Stargate. And the great thing about the Stargate is that when it's connected to another Stargate, it creates an artificial wormhole, meaning that, you know, you can just go through it and you'll go to different planets. It operates very similar to a transporter in the sense that you go on one end into the wormhole, and the gate takes your energy and your matter and all of that stuff, converts it to data, sort of, and then moves you along a wormhole, and then you come out the other side uh, in the Stargate on the other side, puts you back together. So to me, it sounds a lot like a transport. I didn't explain it quite right, but that's essentially what the Stargate is. And so it's just the adventures that this one team, specifically SG-1 in the series SG-1, and it's, it's the story about them going off to different planets and getting into trouble and causing problems and trying to fix things but also trying to do good in the universe and really it just comes down to the reason that they did it is because they're like hey this is kind of cool we should really kind of investigate this and and to me it really captures that spirit of hey this is something fun we can do not that It's just like, oh, everybody's having fun. But if you look at Archer, it was very much like, yeah, let's just go out, have some fun, meet some people, explore the universe. And Stargate really does a great job of capturing that sense of curiosity, that of, like, I wonder what's on this planet. I wonder what would happen if we went there. Who are these people? What is that piece of technology? And so, yeah, they they capture that spirit phenomenally well. And this sense of Star Trek curiosity leads me into the second reason that I think it is a very good Star Trek show that isn't Star Trek. And that is because it's got all the great, wacky sci-fi that you come to expect. Again, some of these other shows that I've mentioned do have sci-fi elements but I wouldn't describe it as wacky sci-fi. And I realize I haven't spoken about Doctor Who, which I think is probably another good equivalent to Star Trek, but I'm not as familiar with it. And I hate to say it, but again, it's a huge blind spot and I don't know where to go with Doctor Who. If you love Doctor Who, and you're listening to this podcast, please send me a message and be like, hey, Chris, this is what you should watch. This is who you should start with. Which doctor should I start with? What episode? Just let me know, because I, I would love to actually venture into that fandom at some point when I can get the time. But basically, yeah, I don't know a ton about Doctor Who beyond clips and what I've heard about in pop culture. So that show, yes, it has a lot of sci-fi, but Stargate also has a lot of sci-fi, more so than the other shows that I've mentioned, where you have things like alternate realities. You've got time loops, which I'll get into in a bit. You've got uh, hyperdrives and cool technology like transporters. And um, uh, what else can I think of? I don't know why I'm doing this sort of Jeff Bridges, not Jeff Bridges, Jeff Goldblum thing where I'm like, and it's right here. And I'm doing this thing. I don't know why I'm doing that. But essentially, the point that I'm trying to make is that Stargate has all the great, fantastic sci-fi that you come to expect from a science fiction show like Star Trek. It's it's very wacky. It's very out there. A lot of it probably isn't realistic, of course, because it's science fiction. But it has that same spirit of, like, when you watch an episode, you're like, I wonder what's going to happen next. How are they going to get out of this thing how are they going to solve the problem and find the solution? For example, there's a great episode, which is very Star Trek, where there's a black hole, which is super close to Earth, and time is moving at different speeds in different areas so at one point point, in like i guess in one part of the u.s time was moving a certain way but in another place time was moving a different way from that and then eventually it gets to the point where they're all in cheyenne mountain where the stargate is on earth obviously it's a cheyenne mountain but even within different rooms on the base time is moving differently so they have to figure out why that's happening how can they stop the black hole from destroying all life and doing all of that stuff. So yeah, it feels very much like a Star Trek episode where yeah, there's some fun time shenanigans that are happening. How is the crew going to get out of this one? What are they going to do this time? So Stargate really captures the just what the heck is happening? Why is it happening? And man, that is wild feeling that you get when you watch a really, really sci-fi heavy episode of of Star Trek. And I would say any episode written by Brandon Braga is is guaranteed to be like a what the heck is happening. In fact, actually, the episode I just mentioned is a lot like the episode Timescape, uh, which is the one where Captain Picard gets really long nails because there's some time shenanigans happening. So Stargate, great for the what the heck is happening and sci-fi shenanigans. And the final reason that I think Stargate is one of the best Star Trek, non-Star Trek series out there is because of the social commentary that they have in the series now it does what all great sci-fi does and it does what star trek does in that it finds a really important social issue to talk about but through the lens of a science fiction story so they cover all the usual issues that you expect to see covered in star trek for example they deal with women's rights issues that's a huge episode not a great episode but they deal with it but a little bit different than star trek they really get into oppression and freedom and really explore what does that actually mean in fact they take more of a of a star wars approach in that sense where star wars really tries to explore freedom versus tyranny and what that means. But I think Stargate really excels at that when you have a character like Teal'c. And this is not for all the series, but for Stargate SG-1 for the first, I think, eight seasons, they dealt with this species called the Gould. This was basically a race that of slugs and they would burrow into people's bodies, and then they take them over. So they were godlike, and they pretended to be god. And they exploited the whole race. But then you have Teal'c, who worked for the Ghouls for quite a long time. And he has a symbiote, but he realized that, you know what, it's not the right thing to do. And realized that O'Neill and, and Samantha Carter and Daniel Jackson were like people that could actually get the job done. And he switched sides and then worked with the Stargate team, worked with SG-1 for the entire series and and throughout that time you really get the sense that yeah, Teok is trying to come to terms with the fact that he did a lot of horrible things in the name of in the name of his gods, what he thought were gods, and he regrets it, but he does try to work through that and redeem himself very much in the way that say seven of nine tries to redeem herself and is realized that hey i did a bunch of bad things even though i wasn't personally to blame because well borg but still it's something that she wanted to really come to terms with and really try to try to go through and even odo to extend i know he wasn't a bad guy but he did work for Gal Dukot for quite a while, what he thought was impartially, but still he had a lot of bad calls. And so, yeah, Odo is kind of working through what does that mean? How can he redeem himself? So I think Tioke is a really a great counterpart uh, to characters like Seven of Nine. I think that Stargate being able to explore all the usual social commentary is really impressive while also being able to explore aspects of freedom and tyranny in ways that Star Trek does explore sometimes, but not on the same scale of Stargate. So I think that is fantastic. For me, those are the reasons that Stargate seems like the best Star Trek non-Trek show out there. But the one thing I do want to point out, which I think is helpful depending on if you want to give this a go and if you're in the mood for it, is to kind of ask yourself, what are you in the mood for? Are you more in the mood for a TNG and maybe DS9 show? Or are you in the mood for something more like Voyager? For example, if you're in a TNG mood, I would say watch SG-1 because SG-1 is very much like TNG. It's a lot of self-contained episodes where they have the problem stuff happens, solution, and then they come back home at the end of every episode and everything is fine. The main difference being that they do deal with the Ga'uld for the majority of the series. So there is that overarching storyline. And I think it actually does a really good job of blending like an overarching storyline and problem with sprinkling in episodes that are not related to that thing. And it actually does a very good job of just of doing self-contained episodes. More so so that, to me, is a huge strength. If you're looking for something like TNG, watch SG-1. I don't think you'll regret it. You can, for the most part, start anywhere in the series. If you really want to commit to it, I would say start at the beginning because it's it really does help with the context. But Stargate, SG-1, a lot of really great episodes that are, that are self-contained, so you can jump in anywhere and you can get something out of it. But if you're more in a voyager mood then i would suggest looking at atlantis atlantis is personally my favorite i love atlantis i think it is great on so many levels and the main shtick with atlantis is that in sg1 they discover that there's this ancient species of humans called the ancients who have this really super advanced technology and at one point millions of years ago they left earth and then took the city of atlantis and flew it off to the Pegasus Galaxy. And that's where they kind of hung out. So eventually in SG-1. They learn all of this. And they figure out where Atlantis is. And then they do the spin-off. And Atlantis is great. Because it's in the Pegasus Galaxy. For a large part of the series. They don't have a way of getting back. To our galaxy. And they're dealing with that. They have resource issues. They're dealing with a species called a Wraith. Which are basically sp- space vampires. Both the Gould and. And the Wraith can be a bit cheesy, but once you get past that, they're actually really compelling villains. And then one of the things that I think is actually overlooked when it comes to Atlantis is Dr. Elizabeth Weir. She is the head of the expedition, but like Janeway, she is tough. She does not take BS from anybody. She doesn't stand down which is, you know, for the most part, great. I've obviously like Janeway, and like most of our characters, it does eventually get them into trouble. But no, she doesn't back down from things. She's one heck of a negotiator, like Janeway. So I think it's so great in the sense that you have two shows. You've got Voyager and you've got Atlantis that are both about people in an uncharted part of the universe trying to get home, sort of. Atlantis isn't so focused on it, but it is a partial concern. But you have... Those two groups of people led by incredibly strong women, and I don't think that gets enough appreciation in sci-fi. There actually is a third spinoff called Stargate Universe, which is more like Voyager in the sense that they are on a ship and they are lost and they are trying to get home, but I would say it's not as Voyager-like because it's super gritty, super dark, not as much fun. And people are miserable in the show. Like I remember in the first episode when they're lost, they're like dealing with the fact that, yeah, there's some people who smoke cigarettes and they've got no cigarettes. And how do you deal with a nicotine addiction? How do you deal with a caffeine addiction and not being able to get caffeine? And so people are just generally pretty miserable for a large part of the the series. Not to say that there isn't fun, but they are pretty miserable where it's like you look at Voyager. Yeah, everybody's a bit stressed out, but hey, it's like, well, I, I wish I could go home. But hey, at least Da Vinci's around. I can go hang out in Da Vinci's workshop, and or maybe I'll go. Uh, maybe I'll go play some pool in the holodeck, you know that kind of thing. So it feels like with Universe a lot more dire, and in a lot of ways, I'd actually say that Universe is what Voyager should have been. But that's a whole other topic for a whole other podcast episode. So to sum it up, while well, Stargate Universe is very much like Voyager in the premise. It doesn't feel like Voyager and if you really do want something that's like Voyager then check out Atlantis. But Atlantis is a lot like SG-1 where there's a lot of self-contained stories that you know you can watch an episode get excited get into it and then bounce out without having to have seen all the other episodes. Of course it does help because there is the overarching storyline of the Wraith and how are they going to deal with the Wraith but for the most part, you can just jump in anywhere. If you're in the mood for Voyager and you don't feel like watching Voyager or any other Star Trek, then check out Stargate Atlantis. And before we move into the Technobabble section of this podcast, I do want to say one final thing about this series. And in no way am I suggesting that Stargate is better than Star Trek. Star Trek, to me, will always be number one. It's my franchise, it's the show I watch, it's the show I will probably watch till the day I die. I have no complaints about watching Trek. Obviously I have complaints about, you know, episodes here and there and aspects here and there, but I'm a diehard Star Trek fan through and through. So in no way am I suggesting that Stargate is better than Star Trek. But the truth is, Stargate does have one advantage over Star Trek, and that is its relatability. Star Trek, will obviously we can relate to because, well, a lot of the characters are humans, written by humans. So we can relate on that level and we understand what they're saying. They're speaking English for the most part, unless you're watching Star Trek in a different language, which then they'd be speaking whatever language you're speaking. But they're speaking a language that we as the viewers can understand so we know what they're talking about. But I always find that Star Trek can be a little bit stiff. And and in some ways, it can be harder to relate to. For example, when characters say something like, I grew up on Earth, it's like, okay, well, you sort of get what that means. But what does that mean? What does having a house in the 24th century mean? You don't have that context. You have it sometimes because they do show houses every once in a while. But generally speaking, it's hard as the viewer to imagine what life is like in the Star Trek universe as a civilian living in an average house you don't know what that's like because you don't see it and you can't relate to it because we don't live in the 24th century so I would say because of all of that it's harder to really truly understand where every single character is coming from like if I talk to you know someone down the road and they say yeah they grew up in Hamilton I understand what that means because they're living in a time that I've lived in because we're all in the same time And I understand what a house is because I live in a house too, so I know that their house is probably going to be similar in a lot of ways. But you don't get that with Star Trek. But with Stargate, you do get that relatability because all the characters in the show exist in the present day. The show is in present day. Heck, they even reference Star Trek in some episodes. At one point, they get a ship, and they're trying to come up with a name, and then Samantha Carter says to O'Neill, who's always funny, and he's like the, you know, his whole thing is that he's funny and he's sarcastic. And she says like, look, uh, we can name it anything you want, but sir, we can't call it the Enterprise or something along those lines. And so, yeah, the fact that they have Star Trek in universe and they enjoy Star Trek is already on a level that I can connect with. And building off of that, they mention things like the, the Simpsons. There's a, an episode where they discover the first ancients. So they are literally discovering that there are humans that have existed long before we were here. And that is a huge deal. That is like one of the most important discoveries that you could potentially have in in the world. And in and in the show, it is one of the greatest discoveries because this is like blowing their minds. This is something no one has ever thought even being a possibility because everybody already knew that. No, no, there weren't any humans before us. But then discover that there are humans. And that is such an important moment. And (laughs) O'Neill being O'Neill is like, yeah, this is great, but I have got a problem. I forgot to tape The Simpsons. So how am I going to watch the new episode? And it's like, okay, interesting. This is a show that's all science fiction. And they're doing all the same stuff that Star Trek is doing, but they're mentioning things that we relate to. And so because of all of that, I think that Stargate is a lot more relatable because it's modern day humans in the world of science fiction who, you know, when they come home at night, they're probably going to turn on football and drink a beer and do whatever the heck us non-Trekkies uh, do. Even though obviously Trekkies can be football fans, not in the UK, but like I myself am never going to come home and have a beer and turn on a football game, but you can imagine what the characters in Stargate are doing when they get home. Because we probably do the same things. So in that way, incredibly relatable. And I think it actually might even be a great stepping stone for someone who doesn't like science fiction and won't even consider Star Trek. So if you have someone like that in your life who's not into science fiction, you wish you could get them into it, you wish you could make them watch Star Trek, maybe uh, throw on some sg one or some Atlantis and maybe they'll relate to it a bit better because they're average humans. And before we leave this subject, I want to say one last time, if you're in the mood for Star Trek, but don't feel like watching Star Stargate, before we move from this topic, I want to say one last time, if you're in the mood for Star Trek, but don't feel like watching Star Trek, watch Stargate. You won't regret it. And now let's move into this week's edition of Wait, What Did You Say? And for this week, because I spent the last little while talking about Stargate, it makes sense to do some Technobabble from Stargate. But the thing that I love about the Technobabble in Stargate as opposed to Technobabble in Star Trek is that it's always funny and the reactions of people are more, again, relatable than, say, the reactions of characters in Star Trek who just never seem phased by what someone is saying, for the most part. The scene that I want to talk about comes from the episode, Window of Opportunity. And in that episode, Colonel O'Neill and Teal are trapped in a time loop and seem to be the only ones that are aware of it, whereas everybody else doesn't realize that they're in a time loop. And so O'Neill is trying to explain to the rest of the team what is actually happening, but being very O'Neill about it because he is not a science guy. All right, here's the deal. We're all stuck in a time loop of some kind geolk and i seem to be the only one that realize it now there's this alien device on 639 shooting a beam at the stargate which is a subspace something it accesses the subspace field which the stargate is capable of generating it is powered by ionization in the atmosphere which is caused by eh, i know this one magnets the geomagnetic storm close So this scene, I think, is hysterical. I think it captures exactly everything that I love about Stargate and why there's so many fans of that series. It's heavy on the Technobabble, as you can see, as you'd expect, because it's just like Star Trek. Lots of great Technobabble. But it's funnier because it's O'Neill, who is not a science guy, trying to explain it. But again, because it's in our time, it sounds like something that you might hear a friend say if they were trying to explain a weird science fiction phenomenon to someone else or to you. So it just feels funny that he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He kind of understands, but he's like, yeah, subspace, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, magnets, you know, it's, it's a funny scene and it really does effectively shows you what Stargate is all about and kind of gives you a taste for the humor in that series. But what about you? Do you agree with me that Stargate is the best Star Trek, non-Trek show out there? Or do you think there's something else? Or do you think I'm completely way off base? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you liked and what you didn't like about the show, what's working, what's not working, because ultimately, I want to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there. that away.